You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Sex and relationship advice you can use tonight. Welcome to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. This is Jess O'Reilly, your friendly neighborhood sexologist, and I am in a really good mood today. I've been back in Toronto, which is my hometown, for over a week, which is a record. I'm, I'm here with my husband, Brandon. I actually didn't think you were going to have me back on the show. Yeah, ever again? <laughs> Are you kidding? I get more positive feedback on the shows with Brandon than on any other show. I'm also surprised you're home, given, or not that you're home, but that you're happy that you're home because it's <laughs> so cold here. I figured you'd be, in a, you'd be in a miserable mood. Oh, well, that's for later. That's for oh, you and me. That's, that's, that's not for the podcast. That's for yeah, yeah, nice. Actually, we're going we're gonna to talk about that. Uh, because today's episode is based on questions sent in from couples, I thought it might be interesting to answer the questions as a couple, and that's why Brandon's here with me today. We should preface this. I don't know what the questions are. So interesting is an uh, interesting word to use as to how I'm going to, di- to provide some expert opinion. Well, it's, it's just your opinion. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> cross out the word expert. All right. Brandon's opinion. Yeah. So uh, before we get started, I have to say thank you to Desire Resorts for supporting this podcast, Desire Resorts. They have two locations down on the Mayan Riviera. Brandon's been to both. He's, uh, he likes to hang out with his wang out. Let's go there. Yeah, sure. <laughs> They're clothing optional. What else do you call it? Chill out with your dill out. Yeah, rock and, out with your... Mm-hmm. You can say it. Am I allowed? Yeah, Yeah, anyway. you can say it. Rock out with that thing out. Are there any others? We should, we should actually say, like, it was hard for me to chill out. With, with your dill out? With my dill out. At first? Yeah. Yeah, for five minutes. Anyway. Yeah. Anyhow, thank you to Desire Resorts, who's probably going to cancel this sponsorship based <laughs> After on After my our... description. Yeah, anyhow, wonderful paradise on the Mayan Riviera. And we're heading out on a cruise with them next month. You're pretty excited. I am. I'm very excited. We're going to hit a lot of really interesting spots that I'm excited to visit for the first time or to visit for the second or third time. Uh, I'm looking forward to going to Barcelona. And I am looking forward to Rome. I absolutely oh, love yeah. Rome. I love Rome, too. So uh, Barcelona, Brenda and I... Uh, it was our first time ever going to Europe together. We went to Barcelona. <laughs> Do you know what is I'm going to talk is about? Is this a segue to the, to the, what would you call it, the argument yeah. that we had? So our first European trip many years ago was to Barcelona. And we flew overnight and landed exhausted, probably not in the best of moods. I wasn't exhausted. I was, I was sunshine and rainbows. Oh, God, get out of here. I was hungry. And I remember we got in this big fight on the streets of Barcelona. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember what we got in a fight about or no i don't even remember <laughs> do you remember it had to no. do with el mapa <laughs> do you remember or was, was i using mapa? pearlies was no I, was i using a pearlies okay map? it wasn't that long ago but we, it was prior to having accessible maps on your phone or at least prior to you know Couldn't having get your map on your flip phone yeah we had flip phones on back. your razor exactly i never had a razor <clears throat> Motorola. Anyhow, we we're holding this map in the middle of the street. If we keep going at this pace, we'll never get to the podcast. But we're holding this map, and I think I wanted to hold the map, and you wanted to hold the map, and somehow the cascade or the combination of not sleeping, changing time zones, being hungry, hungry. having traveled so many hours, we got in this fight over nothing, over who was going to hold the map. Oh, I was grumpy. (laughs) I was Mr. Grumpy that day. And I think we walked off on each other in the streets of Barcelona. Do you remember that? 
I don't remember walking off, but if I did walk off, it was probably like 100 meters before I was completely lost, because I'm going to guess that you had the map. (laughs) I told you I should be holding the map. I'm the better navigator. Anyhow, couples fight. Let's go back to the podcast. So uh, I have received some questions from couples, not about our fighting, although that is an episode if you want to go back and listen to it. And uh, the first one here is we listen to your podcast on sexual frequency and we want to know how you make sex a priority. Do you have any advice or hacks for busy people? Hmm. I'm on the spot. I haven't I I haven't seen or heard these questions yet. So Yeah, you said that. I just want to pre- I want to I want to underscore the importance of me not having had heard. Okay, so he's just stalling now. So making sex a priority is a big question that I receive all the time. And people don't like the answer that if you want it to be a priority, you have to make it a priority because people do everything else. They spend all their time on their kids, on their fitness, on their work, on their food, on their health, all of those things. And then sex is sort of like a a footnote if we have time for it. And you have to stop treating it that way if you want it to be a priority. And I'll be really clear that sex doesn't need to be a priority. It's not a huge priority for some people, and that is fine. But I'll say that what I think we re- we do really well to prioritize sex, because we're not always in the mood. Um, the last couple of weeks, for instance, we've been really... Uh, I was going to say that. I w- yeah, I would agree with you. I think that it's not always a priority for us. No. And it's something that we work on and that we have to work on. Um, and that's okay. Yeah. And the thing that I think we do though, is we have sex when we're not in the mood to have sex. So like the last time we had it, it was a couple of days ago and one of us was in the mood, but I wasn't in the mood (laughs) and I wanted to be in the mood and I wanted to have the sex and I wanted to reap the benefits of having the sex because it always feels good. And you know, I feel better after and I feel closer to you after, but, uh, it's been a busy couple of weeks for us. It's a big transition when I come home because I have been, like I said, I've been home for over a week and I don't think I've been home for this long since like September or something like that. So it's a big transition. Uh, Brandon is starting a new company yeah. as of a week ago. So we're, we're busy and we're distracted. So I wasn't in the mood, but the way we prioritize sex is by pushing through even when we're not. And I'd say that you're better at this than me. Like, like for instance, if I'm leaving and I'm not going to be there for a week, but we're exhausted and we haven't had any sleep, you're the one who kind of not, I don't want to say makes us, but push not like not in, I mean, with consent, you're the one who kind of pushes and, and does it. <laughs> yeah. I think we should really, uh, you know, reinforce the fact that it is consensual. Yeah. Um, but that we, you, you had said a key kind of like a buzzword there hacks, like what are we doing? And I think for me, it's about understanding what I need to, to, to get into the mood or to get into that headspace to to enjoy it because I find that I'm so busy and I'm sure a lot of the people that are listening have the same sort of challenges where they've got all these things going on that it is it is a footnote. It's the last thing you may be thinking about throughout the day or, or maybe even throughout the evening as you're preparing a meal and children and sports and piano. So for me, piano. or whatever you're doing, but for me, it's about understanding, okay, what do I know I need to do to, to get in that mood or that headspace? So, so he takes out his furry mitten. I, get, I need an ice pick <laughs> and, 
an, an oversized stuffed bison. And then the whale sound CD. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, what do you need to get in the mood? What is I just it? need to be relaxed and I need to not be thinking about work. And that's a real challenge for me. So uh, the hacks are not bringing the technology the, the phones, the iPads, the computers upstairs into the bedroom yep. because that is going to distract me no matter what. Even if it's not work-related, it's going to trigger me back into work mode. Okay. So that's number one. Number two is knowing that I need to take a few minutes just to breathe or to you know, focus on my breathing because when I'm focusing on my breathing and, I, and I'm not <clears throat> super in touch with that side of me where I'm like, I need to breathe and relax. I'm like, but when I focus in on that, then I... My body responds by relaxing and then everything just becomes a lot easier. So for me, it's like I know what I need to do and I just, as you had said, need to do it. And we do that four breath technique, mm-hmm. right? Where we breathe in for four, I hold for two, exhale for four, and I do that four times. And it, I don't know if it sounds cheesy and at first you're still thinking about stuff, but by the fourth breath, you're like, oh, maybe I could do this four more times. So I know that helps. The other thing we do to prioritize sex is... I mean, I'm talking about when we're not in the mood, but when we are in the mood, we do it during the day. Like today, if we get this podcast done, <laughs> in time before your Spanish class. Before my Spanish class <laughs> and my other work to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we do, we try and do it not at night because at night we're usually thinking about how few number, <laughs> how few hours of sleep we're going to get in a couple hours. So we try and do it during the day. We do it when we're not in the mood. We do those four breath techniques Um, I also think sometimes like what I do for you, I don't know if I do it well, but I kind of talk, just kind of talk about things that I know get you going. Like a lot of kind of, I would call them in my own head, I call them, I've never told you this before, but I kind of call them escapism fantasies. So fantasies that take us out of our regular world, like not into a hobbit world or anything like that. What kind of fantasies do you think I have? No, but I mean like I'll start talking about kind of threesome stuff, stuff that just takes us away from the mundane and the everyday. And because it's an escape from our everyday, I find that it helps us both to stop thinking about work. So I I think that's how we make it a priority. And, And again, I think the biggest thing though is that we push through and try to get ourselves in the mood when we're not in the mood. And that's something that people don't do. They're like, well, I'm not in the mood. Well, if you wait until you're in the mood to have sex, you'll probably never have sex. So you said that about all sorts of things, whether it's the gym or making dinner or doing any of the things that you that you don't always want to do in that moment. Like vacuuming. Vacuuming. Except Brandon yeah. loves vacuuming. It's because we got that Dyson. It's awesome. <laughs> he likes his Dyson stick. Okay, so we're going to leave it at that. And hopefully that's a little bit helpful to the person who wrote in and as well as to you, the listeners. Uh, the next one. Oh, there's another one. So we heard your episode about, oh, (laughs) we heard your episode about the fights you have, but our situation is different. We're good for most of the month, but a few days before my period, I become a dragon. Everything sets me off. I'm miserable to be around. Don't smile at me, Brandon. (laughs) I'm miserable to be around. I create ridiculous ideas about my partner doing terrible things in my mind. And even though I know it happens... In the moment, it gets out of control. How can I stop myself? Brandon's biting his cheek right now. <laughs> so you need two houses. <laughs> um, I mean, I'll, I'll certainly... You want me to answer first? I don't know, babe. Babe? <laughs> babe? Jeez, uh, I feel. I really feel on the spot. The Again, I think recognizing that you're acting that way would probably be the first 
step. But she like, says she recognizes it. Okay, Why don't you damn. speak from the partner's perspective? From the partner's perspective. I mean, uh, you're experienced at this, aren't you? No. <laughs> I'm not um, a dragon, but I'm the certainly. The of my voice going up. The when I mean when you're when you're in a moment when you're having a little meltdown, if you are, I remember that number one, I need to shut my mouth. Seriously, because I think that sometimes I want to provide you with solutions or answers and I don't think you actually want them or need them. I think you just need to be heard. So I oftentimes find myself reminding myself, I, I find that I'm reminding myself to just shut my mouth and listen. So I, I try and do that. Then I think about the very simple things that I can do while I'm listening or even after that I know you appreciate, whether it's rubbing, rubbing your hand or doing a sexy dance. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, you know, rubbing your hand or rubbing your shoulders or rubbing your feet just for 30 seconds or for a minute. Hang on, is this with me or with someone else? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about what I do to myself when I get oh, upset. You know, you, I like start rubbing my feet. He and, rubs his own feet um, when I'm getting my period. Yeah. <laughs> things that make me feel better. Uh, but I do those no, little things do. because you I do. think that... At, Again, a friend of mine actually reminded me to just be quiet sometimes and listen. And I know that you've said that to me as well over the years. And it finally resonated. Did I say with be quiet, me. or did yeah. I say it in a, a less shut up, right? a less like, yeah, quite, quite not quite as polite? No, Manner. just kidding. You're always very polite with me. But I did say that, um, or, or I did, I did notice that if I just took a moment and rather than providing you with all of these answers that I thought you needed, if I just listened and was a sounding board initially to let you vent and get everything off your chest. And then after that, or even during that conversation, while I'm listening, I'm just rubbing your shoulders or rubbing your hand for a minute or two. And I think that that does a few things. I mean, it would... So yeah, in short, be quiet and listen and provide physical comfort. Yeah, and it doesn't mean the you're doing it for three hours. I mean, you're doing it for three minutes. It's three minutes of your day. Or three days. No, it's three In minutes of case. your day. Yeah, absolutely. So I, yeah, I was thinking about this because I've certainly had this where I know that we, I think more often in the past used to get in fights kind of right before I got my period. And um, one thing I did was I would set an alarm in my phone right before I knew it was coming and remind myself to do something nice for two minutes, not for you, oh, but for me. I was like, really? That's great. I like what this is doing. No, I would just do something nice for me, whether it was like eat a piece of chocolate or do something that's physically relaxing or take a break from my work and watch a funny cat video. Well, not cat, but dog video. Today I watched an elephant video. So setting an alarm in your phone to remind yourself that your period is upcoming is a good idea and then do something nice for yourself. The other thing that I've found useful with a lot of clients is on a good day when you're feeling really great together, write yourself a note about why you love and trust your partner like all the great things about your relationship so that you can look back at it as a point of reference. And it doesn't need to be anything complex. It can just be point form. And then you can kind of ask your partner to do the same. You can say, listen, I know that we're running into this pattern of fighting once a month. Um, I'm trying to nip it in the bud. Can you write me a love note that I can read when I'm feeling frustrated, when I'm feeling like a dragon? And then finally, of course, if, if you have the opportunity to maybe see a naturopath and see how you might be able to adjust your diet or there might be a, a supplement that might be able to help that's beyond my purview. So I think it's always useful to check in with, you know, a holistic practitioner as well. So we've got that covered from my side, from your side. Um, Little things go a long way, I think, when, you're, when your partner isn't feeling great. I, I've started doing little things if I'm walking by 
a place where I can get you a great chocolate chip cookie. Oh. I'll grab something. And that doesn't require an hour or two of effort or time or money. I'm literally buying you these like an awesome chocolate chip cookie. It's a chocolate chip walnut cookie yeah, from La Gourmand. It's pretty amazing. Gourmand, or what's the other place? It's from Portland Variety. Portland Variety. And, and, and just not the one. one without the walnuts. The one with the walnuts, people. <laughs> Make sure you don't bring home the wrong cookie. Can you imagine you brought home a chocolate totally chip cookie? Totally implode right in your and face. Was... Now, you know what? It's a win-win because then you get to eat it. Yeah. There you go. You'd get that, that cookie. All right. Uh, let's move on to the next question. Ooh, this one's addressed to both of us, Brandon. I actually get a lot of uh, response whenever you're on the podcast. They, they address it to you too. Jess and Brandon, we are both workaholics and based on your Instagram feeds, it seems that you might be the ones who could understand and help us. What can we do to make sure we make time for one another, even when we're super busy with work? We're willing to make some changes, but we're not willing to give up our companies because we do love our work. I'd say quality over quantity okay. is huge. Okay. So going back to the chocolate chip cookie example, it's more about the fact that I'm thinking about you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I know it's something that you like. I love that cookie. You do love that cookie. I know. And it, it's just, it's a little thing, but it goes a long way. So when you think about how you can convey to your partner that you're thinking about them throughout the day, that you're doing a little something for them, I think that that certainly helps me. I know that you do the same. You reciprocate and do the same for me. Um, I also think that you have to think outside the box in terms of how you make time, because when you're... They said that they love their, they're not willing to give up their company. So I'm going to assume that they're either entrepreneurs or they run companies. So you don't get to have evenings and weekends like everybody else. If you're an entrepreneur, it's not the way things work. So you have to carve out time. Like maybe it's Thursdays at breakfast, maybe it's Mondays at lunch. But I think like, I know you and me with my travel schedule, we can't even imagine having, and with your work schedule, having a weekend together. So we, sometimes it is a Tuesday. Sometimes it's a quick escape. Sometimes we, we live about, I don't know, 10 blocks from the Fairmont in Toronto. Sometimes we go to the Fairmont. Like it's just, it's close by. And I'm not suggesting you always have to spend money or anything like that, but it's an escape from, um, you know, our routine and it's escape. Well, not that we have a routine. It's a, it's an escape from our, our own home, which also, is nice. As you, as you had mentioned, it's finding time that deviates from what normal people th- or people with normal jobs mm-hmm. think is quality time. It's like, we're going to spend time in the evening. Well, if you're very, very busy in the evening, it's find a breakfast, mm-hmm. you know, go meet for coffee at 10 o'clock in the morning. Oh, you know what else we do sometimes is we just work next to each other. Like I love, we're, we're working from home today in the office. Uh, we don't do that much together, but I do love just knowing that you're in the room or in the house. It feels good for me, even though we're not always talking or not always engaging Maybe that's the opposite of what you were saying because you said quality time, but I just, I love having you near me. You smell good. <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad you feel that way. <laughs> so, you probably wouldn't tell me if it was the other way around anyway. Oh, I totally tell you. You totally would tell yeah, me. Like that time we went tree chopped, oh tree top trekking. Really? It was a hot day. I've been working hard for like three hours. In like 17 years together, that was the only day I was like, babe, you got to go take a shower. <laughs> Even after I play hockey. <laughs> no, I don't mind your hockey smell. I, I kind of like your hockey smell, believe it or not. So yeah, we in terms of, um, I, I'm trying to think if there are really specific things that we do to make sure we're making time for one another. Um, one thing I know Brandon does is 
every time I go to the airport, he carves out time to drive me, which is a real pain in the butt in Toronto. But I know it's something that 99% of the time you do. So again, it's not the time that, you know, we're not lying in a spa together. We're not doing spooning breathing, but we're together in the car and he's hopefully not yelling at people in traffic. So that makes it quality time. It's a good probability that I'm getting upset. Yeah. So I, and I'm thinking if there's anything else that we do um, or that, that other, oh, you know what one of my clients told me? So he runs a multinational company in, a, he's the national head for a, an Eastern European country. And so he's a very big job with uh, over, over a thousand employees at least. And he said that what he does to make sure he's making time for vacations and time with his family is he carves it out 12 months in advance. It's the very first thing that goes into his calendar. Because he said if his if his wife, for instance, comes and says, oh, can we, do you want to go skiing in two months? He's like, I can't carve stuff out two months in advance. But he says, my business can carve my entire schedule. If I've got the family slated in, there's no exceptions. And then another couple I met, uh, he also runs a, a multinational uh, in the same region, a really big company. And he said that they have one weekend a month that is only for them. And if, you know, a wedding falls on that weekend, they have to trade it out. And if it's like a baptism, it's an excuse not to go. <laughs> Those are his words, not mine. So there are ways to do it. It's it's like we always ask about prioritizing, but priority is a matter of choice. And so I always am telling people and people don't like to hear it, but you can make changes or you can make excuses and it's your call. And I'm not suggesting that this person who wrote in is making excuses, but everything is a choice no matter how busy you are with work. So I hope that's helpful. And if I can think of anything else, I'll come back to it. This person wants to know, this one's just to me, Jess, would you forgive your husband if he cheated? Oh, wow. That, that, that's a question directed at you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I guess if I had to give a short answer, it, it would be yes. And I, that's a scary thing to say because I'm not trying to give you permission to cheat. But I, I often talk about this relationship transgression hierarchy where we've made a list of things that are bad to do in a relationship and we've made cheating, like having an affair or having sex with someone else or something like that, number one. And I'm not sure that is the worst thing you could ever do to me. I think of, you know, over the years, we've hurt each other in different ways, not specifically with cheating, but I think of things, you know, you've said or we've done to one another and we hurt each other and we forgive and we move on. And I do believe you can forgive and move on from cheating. And I also don't subscribe to the notion that once a cheater, always a cheater. I don't believe we are the sum of one behavior, but of all of our behaviors. So yeah, the short answer, and I guess I'm sort of uncomfortable saying it because I don't want to say, hey, go out and cheat. We'll be okay. Um, but I think that sexual infidelity is something that you can overcome. Certainly it complicates relationships and makes it more difficult. I, I don't know if I were to ask you that question. I think you might have a different answer. I'd have a really hard time with it. I would. Um, you even putting that into words, what you just said to me, first of all, you, you don't have anything to worry about. I know. I love you. And on top of that, that um, just kind of solidifies for me the fact that I'm, I'm like, it, it's just, it's it's an it's it never has been an issue nor would it ever be an issue. What you mean you cheating? No. Like you you saying or, or being vulnerable and saying that Oh thanks, baby. You know, the way that that that, that is it's not per, it's not allowed first and foremost. Yeah. It's not okay and it's just it's not something 
that you ever have to worry about. On my end, <laughs> I would have, to, to be very open and honest, I would have a really hard time with it. Yeah. I really, really would. It would take a lot for me to get over it. I think I'd have to understand more about the circumstances that drove you there. Uh, I'd have to look at what fault, what, what, how much is my responsibility and, and how much is your responsibility? There'd be a lot. I, <laughs> I'm really on the spot right now. And, and to be brutally honest, I don't know how I'd respond and if I'd be okay with it. But I think that this relationship is the most important thing to me. Uh, I have, I do feel very proud of what we have and how much work we invest into this is, it's a lot of work. I take so much out of it, but it is, this relationship ha has, has been a, um, something that has consumed a lot of my time willingly. I have wanted to invest into this because I reap so many amazing things out of having this relationship. I feel like I'm a better human being. I'm a better man. I'm a more empathetic. I feel like I recognize the privilege that I have f f being a, a white cisgender male. He's like, getting woke. Folks. I'm getting woke. It, it's <laughs> taken some time to make sure I understand everything. And I'm, I'm sometimes I'm afraid to speak my mind because I, I don't know that I'm saying the right thing, but I'm, I'm trying to when I have the opportunity to, but it, it, it is something that I'm like, I really do believe that you're, you make me such a better person. I feel like I'm better at my job because hey, of you. stop. So anyway, all of these things. <laughs> He's just reading I'm, a script, I'm really, folks. No, I'm actually, I'm not. I'm <laughs> kind of just going off the top of my head. But Aww. I do feel that way. And I do think that um, it would be very difficult for me, given how much I feel like I've invested into this relationship, if, if the circumstances were such that you cheated on me. So there I am, open and honest. That was really difficult. Next question. <laughs> Okay, we'll move on from that. Um, this person says, I can't get my husband to do anything romantic for me. No gifts, no dinners, no surprises. <laughs> I'm laughing for a reason. I know you say you like to suck the romance out of relationships, Jess, but that doesn't help me. Oops. I want romance, and he never does a thing. I'm sick of asking. I just want him to make an effort already. And I guess I should respond to this by saying that when I say I'm sucking the romance out of relationships, I think maybe I need to reframe that because I'm not anti-romance. I'm anti the notion that romance is enough to keep a, a relationship alive. So I think that we've framed romantic relationships as these mystical beasts and if it, and it's fate that carries us through. And that's my problem with romance and with rom-coms and with romance novels, the idea that, oh, if you find your soulmate, don't even worry about it. You don't have to work at it. You can go marry someone else and your soulmate will stop the wedding at the altar. Like those are the notions of romance that I'd like people to ditch. Wanting gifts, wanting dinners, wanting surprises, uh, that makes sense to me because obviously those things make you feel good. And uh, maybe I'll hand the floor to Brandon. <laughs> yes. Well, this this gentleman, I'm assuming it's a gentleman in the partnership, no gifts, uh, no dinners, you said, no surprises. This is, I'm like, is this me? <laughs> no, that's um, not true. Only okay, because you don't do I, gifts. I, I don't do gifts. Or ever. Ever, yeah. I don't do dinners when I do unless you want me to order food because I don't even do that well. No. Um, <laughs> in terms of surprises, I am surprised often. I, I often, no. I, I don't do 
much for surprises. And I've had to I ha- I've had to learn to be aware of what I don't do, and obviously the love languages and what you you know what you need. And it's uh, it, it's certainly I, I wouldn't say that I'm not romantic. But I don't do the things. That the this three person, things on this lady's this, list. The, this person's list. But I've found other things to do to try and I don't want to say offset, but I've tried to find other things to do to show you that I care. And also just being aware of the fact that I don't do these things, I do make more of an effort. And just because these things don't come naturally to you, um, like for instance, you don't buy gifts. You don't make her order dinner, but you do surprise me, and you do go out of your way. Like I often talk about the time you hid little love notes in my suitcase. Um, You flew into Halifax and surprised me in the audience of my seminar. You showed up in Ottawa in January uh, on a whim. I was was flying through for an event and he showed up. He drove all the way there just overnight, which is like a four-hour drive. Um, You do surprise me. And I think what's the message in what you do, Brandon, is that none of these things come naturally to you, but you know they're important to me. So you, well, gifts are not. And dinners are not because I'm very picky about my food. But you do know that these surprises feel really good for me. Like that moment in Halifax is, is a highlight of our relationship, right? I don't think like, I'll ever forget that. Yeah, like the way my heart <laughs> fluttered and the way I saw you in the audience. And I was so tired because I had flown a red eye from the West Coast. It, so you do those things. The point is, and we're going to get to this this woman's question in a, in a moment, but the point is, just because something doesn't come naturally to you and just because you don't like something doesn't mean you get to say you don't do it if your partner is into it. So if this person is saying these things matter to me, then her partner needs to step up to the plate. So, and I, I'm using gender pronouns because I have her name here. So um, the first thing I want to say to you is how do you ask for romance? Because oftentimes if you're at the point that you're writing into a podcast or asking an expert for advice, it's likely that this behavior, or in this case, a lack of specific behaviors, it's likely that this has been occurring for a long time, for years, maybe even decades. So understandably, you're frustrated. But here's the thing. When we're frustrated, we're unlikely to get what we want because we don't ask for it we complain. Frustration seldom leads to effective communication. So are you saying, hey, you're not romantic, or you didn't get me a gift, or you never do this, or I'm sick of waiting, or you don't even try? And understandably, I I, I get why you might say those things. But I also understand why your partner's response is either their own frustration or non-action. So what's important is that you ask for what you want. And now I know that you're already in a relationship, but for people in newer relationships, I always say, ask for what you want from the get-go. Don't worry about seeming too high maintenance. Be honest about what you want, because if you can, if you think you can suck it up and sacrifice something now, are you going to feel the same in five or 10 years? And then it's going to come out and then you're going to be frustrated and resentful. So when you ask for what you want, do you say, I would love it if you did this? Or It felt so good the time you did this. Or it feels so good whenever you... So then you're also acknowledging that they have done it in the past or they do do it sometimes. Or even as simple as, I would love if we tried this together. And I kind of give a formula 
for getting what you want in a relationship. This communication formula is first you give a compliment. So I really like this about you. Then you make an offer. Is there anything I can do for you in this department? And then you make your request. I would love if you did this. So that's so. first, I want you to think about how you're communicating your needs. Uh, second, you have to model the behavior if you want, you know, do unto others sort of thing. If you want someone to treat you a certain way, it's always helpful to model the behavior. And then finally, when you are making a request, a behavioral change request, which is a lot to ask and perfectly within your rights, explain how the behavior makes you feel. So if you say you want, you know, like you'd like a thoughtful gift for your birthday or you'd like a thoughtful gift when they come home from a business trip or, or for no reason at all, what you need to explain is that when you buy me a gift, I feel like you really thought about me. I feel like even though you were 500 miles away, I was top of mind and that feels so good. I feel so loved because if you can articulate the feeling associated with a specific behavior, I think it helps to create understanding and even em- and even empathy. And they're more likely to act upon it because of course your partner wants to make you feel good. So if you can talk about the feeling as opposed to the gesture or the behavior or, or the gift itself, that can go a long way. And then when your, your husband is a little bit romantic, even in a small way. Because you got to understand, like, if this is not within his comfort zone, it's not easy for him to do. So when he does make a slightly romantic gesture, be sure you're offering a lot of, of genuine gratitude and positive reinforcement. And then you also have to be, I have a lot of advice on this one, <laughs> be realistic. You know, romance is lovely, but it's not perfect as it seems in the movies. And if he is feeling any pressure from you or even from popular culture, from rom-coms, from gender stereotypes around what you know men are supposed to do for women, if he feels that pressure, he's going to shy away altogether, right? Like a lot of the times people don't do stuff for us because they think we're better at it and they think they're not going to be good enough. And the moment we think we're going to fail as a universally human protection mechanism, we back off, right? I, I don't know if this is resonating yeah, with you, Yeah, I mean, Dave. I remember when we, when I started paying more attention to things that were important to you and things that I, I wasn't doing, I mean, my, my immediate inclination or my, my physiological response was to just kind of clam up and, and to get defensive. Um, and then I remember a long time ago that there just seemingly was so much on the go. I, you know, I, I have so much happening with work. I've got, you know, stuff with our personal life. I mean, things that are, or in this case, were not working that you're conveying to me that you need and that are important to you. And I'm not buying you gifts or I'm not, you know, making dinner and I'm not doing those romantic gestures, just gestures. What I ended up doing was actually writing a few of these important points down so that I could reflect back on it the next day. And I don't mean I wrote a journal entry. I literally had three or four bullet points that I would send to myself either via email or text. I can't remember. Like what? But just something where it was like, um, you know, conveying how you were, you were kind of like, I, I, I need to feel important or I need to feel like you, you think about me or that you're, and, and of course my response is, but I do think about you. Yeah. I think about you all day. I'm, you know, I'll check in. I'll see what's going on. How is it? That's me saying to you, I'm, I'm checking in. I'm like seeing how you're doing, mm-hmm. but you didn't necessarily see it that way. It was just a phone call or it was, uh, it, it, there was a bit of a disconnect. Mm-hmm. So 
trying to remember and trying to do all these things and being busy with work and having my own things that I was doing, I remember sending myself an email just with like three points where it was, you know, for instance, in this case, um, gifts. Doesn't mean you're going to go and buy diamond necklace tomorrow or whatever it is for your partner, but you could buy them a chocolate chip cookie. We keep going back to that the cookie. chocolate chip cookie, man, because I know it makes you happy. <laughs> it's a walnut right? chocolate chip cookie. Yeah, look, I'm already making the wrong decision on which <laughs> kind of cookie to get. But the point is, is that I, in the moment, I'm, I'm like, yes, I hear you. I'm going to do this. And then, of course, the next day I wake up and I'm like a goldfish. I don't remember anything. And mm-hmm. you know if that's true or not. But if I had sent myself a text or an email, I looked at it the next day and remembered, oh, yeah. Simple. That's what I need to do. And and honestly, I could probably re-forward that email to myself again so that the following day, I just have an unread email hmm. there with things to remind myself. And it's not a long-winded journal entry. It's three bullet points or it's two bullet points or it's five. And it's just, you know, in this case, Jessica wants a chocolate chip cookie and it should be a walnut chocolate chip cookie. I am slightly and, more and, more dimensional no, that's than it. this cookie that's where, that's where it's going. And that's where it stops. But <laughs> if it's you something feed as me... simple as that. And for me, it was a reminder that was so simple so that it became second nature, so that it became something that I was aware of and I was uh, cognizant of throughout the day so that when an opportunity presented itself where I could go and get you something or order dinner or do yeah. a romantic gesture, it was like, no, I remembered it was 10 o'clock on a Tuesday and I was in between meetings or appointments and hey, there was an unread message, I read it and then you know what, I walked by Portland Variety, I grabbed the cookie. Or it's four o'clock, I gave you a call, you know what, let me order Let me order dinner. Do you feel like Thai tonight? Because all of our fights pretty much revolve around food. Yeah, as you can tell, the underlying <laughs> principle, you really like food, very specific, particular, and I will eat cardboard right that's the truth we have fought a lot about dinner we don't have time to get into that right now so uh to to go back to uh this question i hope it's helpful in terms of thinking about you know asking for what you want making an offer modeling the behavior uh, explaining the feeling attached to the behavior like why you want him to do these things showing lots of positive reinforcement when they do also being realistic, right? Like if you expect, you know, what you see in movies where they like come down in a helicopter to sweep you off your feet, then, and I'm not suggesting that you are unrealistic like that, but a lot of us are. Um, and and taking the pressure off, right? Saying like, you know, it could be as simple as this because you don't want it to be necessarily something costly. Like for instance, people won't buy gifts because they're afraid that you have everything or that they don't know what to get you. But if you can explain to them that it really is about the thoughtfulness, like noticing that you liked a particular picture frame or knowing that you hate carnations, but you love sunflowers, right? Paying attention to those small things, I think I think goes a long way. Now, Brennan is motioning to me that he has to go. So uh, we are, we're going to wrap up. We actually have more questions. So maybe we'll do another podcast if... Uh, if people like if, us. If people want to invite me or if everyone wants to invite me back for some more yeah. unexpert opinions. Yes, exactly. Well, you're, you're always uh, like super insightful. And I, it's interesting because we, we certainly personally get something out of these conversations as well. And we have more to talk about around that. Would you leave me if I cheated thing? So I think that's wow. really important conversation starter for us. And again, my job is to start conversations and inspire you to have more meaningful conversations with your partner because listening, I'm sure, to this podcast can be helpful, but not nearly as fruitful as talking to the most important person or people in your lives. So I'll leave it at that. Thanks, babe. 
No, thank you. And thanks to Desire Resorts. Check them out online at Desire Resorts and uh, follow along at Sex with Dr. Jess if you want to find Brandon, you can at Where in Toronto, but his last name is Where, W A R E. We love getting your questions. So have a great week, and uh, I'll be back next Friday, 9 a.m., with a whole new episode. You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Improve your sex life. Improve your life. Improve your life.